Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Again, fellow basement dwellers, this is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is, of course, brought to you by the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And I am here once again with a full bandwagon and a terrific show for you all today i am joined once again back-to-back weeks where we have the same bandwagon gentlemen it's very exciting like i'm just breaking all kinds of streaks on my recording sunday because uh we actually have had consecutive episodes of hockey talk that's that's a big step and now we're gonna have consecutive bandwagons for bandwagoners we can't say consecutive episodes of bandwagon nerds because we are the train that always rolls on the chair shot radio network we are always on like we haven't missed an episode we haven't missed a show no no we've been we've been monday for for forever now like it's fine i get it there's shows that have been here longer there's people who you know live in their attics and don't have a life so all they do is podcast every day in wisconsin like it's cool i i don't know has his cat sitting on his lap and you know he's, is his name mr bigglesworth is that is that his name k k that's the best you got like that's i love it that's I all really- you got I really wasn't offended. <laughs> I know you weren't offended. I know you weren't offended. This is this is the show that we have. By the way, folks, that is uh, Mr. Saturday Night himself, PC Tunney, 
joining us from his attic because he is not a basement dweller. I just, I'm just making shit up, dude. Like, I don't know where you live. I don't know your house. I've never been to Wisconsin. Oh, wait, that's not true. I was, with, I was in Wisconsin this past that's a, like That's a lie. Uh, I've never been to your house. I've never been to your house. The, the great Patrick O'Dowd PC Tunney meetup was unable to be scheduled due to when I was in Wisconsin versus when you could get up to see me. So still not seeing PC Tunney's like living face. He could just be a hologram for all I know. Uh, DP, do you know anything about that? Is he really a hologram? Like, oh, yeah, I know I, it he, is. No, it's it's yeah, all I mean, artificial. Yeah, it's every, he's not. He's not. He's never just, been, nor ever will be a real person. Chat That's GPC. why you never see him. That's what it is. Chat Chat GPC uh, for for GPC. Yes, there you go. Um, that that was that was voice number two of the scientist. He does. It, it's uncanny the way computers work these days. Uh, that voice you did hear was the scientist uh, DPP back to a, back with us again. As a regular, or as, as regular as he can be until, you know, he decides he's tired of me again and, and moves on. We'll, we'll see how long he hangs on before I, I chase him off. I wonder, I, don't, I hope I don't run you out, man. This time oh, unless, uh, unless Ray Cash decides uh, I need to go and he wants to come uh, back. That, or, that I kick him out. Ray, Ray, yeah. has, Ray has no authority here. That's right. Like, Ray has no, Ray, like, Ray's not in charge. Like, everybody knows who's in charge. Like, Ray's right? a, like, he's a, a variant, Dan. You're the original deal. Um, the best friend of, of another I'm podcast. Here, I'm here for you. I, I do want to say I love the heaping of praise that David Ungar is now giving after damn near a year of fuck that guy every time he no, has no. been putting over that the was hate Tunney, tweet. Tunney was the fuck that guy. I just sent hate tweets. Who who set up the fuck that guy though? Like that's that's well that's who, true. Who, who put I, it on I, the team? I, I am the assist man. There you go. You're you know, the of, out of, it, of the the DPP podcast. David Ungar, of course, the lawyer himself, the other voice you're hearing there, the one who unabashedly can't stand the scientist DPP. It's factual. It's factual. It's been it's it's it's, it's, science. it's, it's science. It is science. And we have a scientist it's science that to be true. Um, she blinded me with science. You know that, right? No, uh, nothing. nothing. <laughs> Tony liked it. That's all right. Tough room. Tough room today. Damn. The weird science. Um, oh, God, I haven't watched that forever. How? OK, OK. I have a 12 year old. Got to ask this question. How how old is old enough for for the 80s screwball, slightly sexy comedy? As long as whenever right now, as long as you're there to explain. When, it, when is question. he ready to see what is he ready to see Kelly LeBrock's giblets? Hey, That's really what I, I need to know. Whenever you're ready to answer all the questions that come with it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I will say the little lowdown night still in the midst of our Godzilla run from 1993 to 2004. 13 movies we have watched eight now we, we have watched eight of them we're almost done it is it is getting there and the, it, it it runs the gamut fellas it really does uh of there's some really good stuff there's some there's some really really bad stuff uh like like we watched one today it was called godzilla mothra and king Ghidorah: all monsters attack and uh it was an interesting take because Godzilla was the bad guy and like Mothra and King Ghidorah and, and King Ghidorah has always been the bad guy. Like they teamed up to take down Godzilla because Godzilla was a threat to Japan. It was, it was ridiculous. It made no sense. Good stuff though. Uh, to watch just fun kaiju battles where they, they sat there appointed and it had some weird mystical earthbound guardian story going on. I don't know. It was, who knows? I was on acid at the time. 
That's you weren't true. at the time. You should be now to yeah. get through that. Jesus. It was like an acid trip. It was crazy. Uh, but yeah, we have a few we have a few movies to get through before we uh, have, have conquered all of the more recent Godzilla outings, save Shin Godzilla and Godzilla Minus One, both of which are very, very good movies and worth the time to watch. Uh, we have we have quite a little show today. We're going to talk. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. We're going to talk. Uh, we got our trailer park like we always do. A little bit of just sort of news around the neurosphere. We haven't done this in a while. Some some Star Wars news, some Jurassic Park news, a little bit of Disney news. And then we're going to end the show this week with a big Hollywood report. Hollywood Reporter has been busy, everyone. And they have put out in the last six months a couple of pretty significant articles regarding what is going on with the MCU. And they put out a really good one this week that I had a chance to read and and hope to hit the highlights with these guys today to get their thoughts on some of the things we're seeing and and what what they're reporting. And so good show this week, I think. I'm looking forward to it. And we're gonna kick it right off with Dave pulling out some of that beautiful banjo so that we can make our way into the trailer park. Dave, if you please. Tony, put it away. Dave, if you please. everyone welcome into the trailer park we have four trailers this week interesting trend for for the first three movies and then the fourth one i i put on there because i did this for you dave i did it for the rock i mean i did it for dave did it for the lawyer <laughs> and tony tony tony's very excited yeah, for this i did it for you i did it for the rock i just want to say tony put it away that should be the title of a dwi episode tony put it away okay never heard that before but I, maybe this is just me, and I want to get the opinion of this panel before we actually get into the trailers. But at least two of these trailers, as I'm watching them, I, 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 is it just that everybody is now trying to make a Guardians of the Galaxy slash Deadpool knockoff film and put it out there because it makes money? We're going to get into this in the, in the third to last one, but we've got three action-packed sort of trailers here, and all three of them live in the land of goofy the first one we're going to talk about is the gentleman which is guy Ritchie's latest series the dogs agree um guy Ritchie's latest series it's a netflix series it's going to be coming to us we talked about this when we got the like 30 second teaser we got a full-on trailer for the gentleman this time where again guy Ritchie, he's always known for like his slick action pieces with a dose of humor the plot line that we talked about before, Eddie Halstead inherits his family estate, initially unaware it's home to a drug empire run by a syndicate that has no plans to vacate. And so he's trying to live his life there. And so hilarity ensues as the bullets fly. I still think this this series looks like a whole heck of a lot of fun. I do like when Guy Ritchie is on with the movie, he's really on. And Tony has talked about this a lot in, in the last few times when we've talked about Guy Ritchie and some of his favorite films. 
Uh, anything that's got Vinnie Jones and Ray Winstone in it, though, I'm probably going to watch. And Vinnie Jones and Ray Winstone both are, you know, I have some level of role in this series. The cast is only listed out up to three episodes. So not really sure how far this, this show will go. But Theo James plays the 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 lead in here, Eddie Halstead. A lot of a lot of bonker stuff on in this trailer, but a lot of fun. I'm going to start with Tunny this time. Your uh, your evaluation of this full trailer for the gentleman. It looks fun. It looks very Guy Ritchie. It looks like it lives in the mechanics of Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two Smoke and Barrels uh, inside of a series. So, you know, maybe you'll get a little more in-depth uh, character development and, and storyline than you would have as opposed to those two movies, which are great movies. Um, I've never watched a Guy Ritchie series, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And like you said, a lot of the classic actors that guy Ritchie would put in his films are in this series as well so yes i'm uh, like a uh, eight and a half looking forward to this out of ten wow so i bet you we're going to hear him saying talking about this show at some point on watch you watch and that's what i heard right there everybody uh kind of high praise um dp you a big guy Ritchie fan um so did he do memento as well no, no no that's a that was guy pierce that's a christopher nolan i'm thinking of guy, guy pierce, pierce is the lead actor, actor. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know. Yeah, they're all right. I like the locks, talking two smoking barrels, the train spotting, like that. Those were pretty good. Snatch. Those are fun. They're entertaining. Um, I'll certainly be interested in this one. Uh, I might give it a watch. Is this is this like the same as his movie, The Gentleman? From, I, I was just looking at trying to look it up, and I saw there's a movie called The Gentleman from 2019 that Guy Ritchie did, and it looks I, like a similar I, plot line. Goodness. Very similar plot line. No, not exactly. I, the same. I actually, just, uh, I, I, I had no idea. One yeah. existed with the other. I, I am not as I'm not as familiar with Guy Ritchie as some of the other folks here are as well. So I, yeah, I was looking it up just to check out like more when uh, more about the series, and this one popped up from right. 2019, which is about Guy Ritchie and very similar storyline, just a slightly different. So I'm thinking uh, it's probably based off of this, and could be a good movie to watch then too, as a you know to get ready you know for the series. I think it's going to be really fun. Oh, so Dave, this is a, what you, oh this this is a spinoff of his 2019. Nice. Cool. So yeah, check that out. Dave, have you seen the movie and will you watch the series? I guess I need to check the movie out. Um, the The trailer looks, I, I mean, I, I'm not a huge Guy Ritchie fan, but I, I like some of the stuff that he's done on um, the trailer. All four of the trailers that we're talking about today have some really crazy elements to it. And this is no exception. And, and this one, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd probably have to check the movie out first to see how much I like that and see if there's something in, in the movie that would make me say, let me invest more time in a follow-up series. But um, strong cast, and it, it's got a lot of uh, fun, interesting things going on in the in the trailer. So I, I'm not as excited as Tunny is, that's for sure. But it looks it looks pretty good. Pretty good. Wow. Better, Bringing endorsement there. Better than K. I'll put it that way. Better than K and probably better than in I mean, I'll take a Guy Ritchie film over a Zach or Zack Snyder. Look, it's GCK not it's week, not so. gonna be it's no Madam Webb. It's no it's no it's, Rebel Moon part. It's two. no Madam Webb, but we'll have to deal with it. No, Madam Webb, which uh DJ, if you go to see that, by the way, if you're listening, my throwing your money away, man. You're, you're putting it in a you're putting it in a trash can. Oh, I setting it on fire. That tweet that I think you sent it, Pat, the guy was talking about how he could have saved somebody and or test her powers on a pigeon. And guess which one she chose? And man, I got that got a really hostile reaction from my niece and nephew. Oh, it's such bullshit. That's not how it went down. I'm like, 
I don't give two fucks how it went down. I'm not watching this piece of shit no matter what. Did you show them the one that has, as we go completely off subject, did you see the one where I had the list of all of these things happened in Madam Web except for one? Yeah. Because that, that was my favorite tweet that we shared uh, <laughs> of just the ridiculous shit that goes on there. I think the biggest thing for me is not only does the movie look terrible, but when you bait and switch that you're going to have all these Spider-Man characters and then you learn that three of them are images of the future and briefly in the film, if at all, that's that's bad filmmaking and bad faith. You mean like when the Flash so, bait and switched us into thinking we were going to do one story and we got something totally unrelated and dumb instead? Dude, I don't know why you expected anything good out of the DC Cinematic Universe. Like, why did you expect anything good? Because Tony from and I were movies? eternally optimistic about that movie. And your, we were, and your we were, faith we were betrayed, was Tony. crushed. We were betrayed, Tony, weren't repeatedly. we? You know what? Let's talk about something that I am very interested in seeing, even if I, if, if I do think that this gets into my original question and point of, man, it looks like a lot of movies are trying to have some element of, like, Deadpool, Guardians of the Galaxy, brands of violence and humor. And that is, this was a tweet, uh, or this was a trailer that was shared to us by our good friend Aesop Mitchell uh, for the the movie Boy Kills World. Now, Boy Kills World is a film starring Bill Skarsgård, uh, Pennywise the Clown himself, looking extraordinarily buff for this film. Like, that dude worked out. He bulked up... Uh, to play a, he's a mute, was deaf mute character who is out for revenge against the Vanderkoy family, led by the great Famke Jansen, which there I'm cool with um, to start. More low key of an exciting thing for me though is Andrew Koji, who is in the HBO series Warrior, playing a character named Basho. I will watch anything with that dude in it. That dude is a martial arts extreme awesome character can't wait to see him and how he does but I, this movie seemed to be a bl- like he has a narration an internal monologue narration and he does it in the voice of a video game that was the, like the last voice that he ever heard and it's 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 this action film that's done with sort of this gallows humor it just struck me very deadpool it struck me very with with sort of comedic elements to it not quite Guardians of the Galaxy. Like there wasn't like this like intentional like infusion of popular music, unlike a certain other trailer that we're gonna get to in a second. But I just I I'm starting to wonder how much of this style of movie is getting cloned because while this movie looks very interesting and I'll probably see it when it is released to be viewed on a streaming service, it felt very familiar. Dave, what say you? Uh, this one I'm definitely more interested in than the first one. And I, I, I agree with you that it has it has elements of that Deadpoolish type of humor. You know, it's not slapstick, but it's there's some fourth wall breaking sort of things going on. And, and, and this character who, yeah, I mean, you know, OK, this evil family kills off everybody except him. So there's Batman. You know, we've got that element going on. Um, he's deaf and mute and he adopts the. That's the voice of the character from like Mortal Kombat, like you were saying, which I thought was really funny. But uh, this one looks like I I agree with you. It's got elements of of a formula that seems to be working. You know, when you've got the trailer that's been viewed the most times in history, then maybe following that recipe isn't a bad idea. And I think this is uh, and it's a 24 on top of it. So this one looks like a lot of fun. And a very different kind oh, of. That's why Aesop shared it. I didn't catch that part. A twenty four derp. 
<laughs> well, at least we know it'll be on Max. There you go. But uh, this one looks like a lot of fun, and and I definitely want to check this one out. Is it an A24? I, I probably is. I'm pretty sure it is. Well, while Dave figures that out, uh, let's go back to DP. We're just going to have you. Well, I love you. Go second every every trailer. How's that? Uh, your thoughts on Boy Kills World? Uh, yeah, definitely looks like a lot of fun. Um, I mean, it's a Sam Raimi movie, so you know, That's Evil true. Dead type of elements. And I think he did the first uh, Spider-Man, uh, the Tobey Maguire ones, and Doctor Strange. So I mean, yeah, you're definitely going to see those elements a bit. Um, I don't know if I can get past uh, the voice of H. John Benjamin uh, doing anything other than Archer or Bob's Burgers, so it's going to be hard for me to like just not picture <laughs> that every time he talks. So, um, you know, I'll have to get that out of my head, um, but it certainly looks like it's just a lot of fun, just almost like a uh, Kill Bill type of feel to it as well. <laughs> uh, I got PC. No, he doesn't. Have All to right, Tony. So no, no, Tony's got to go. He's already. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it looks like it's being distributed by Lionsgate Films and Roadside Attractions. So maybe not an A24, actually. Fair enough. Uh, so, Tony, be angry. I was. No, I'm, I'm not really angry. This, I, I'm not surprised either. Dan and I share like 99.9% of the same opinions. Um, it felt like a lighter hearted Quentin Tarantino esque thing kill bill came to mind for me right away as i'm watching it but uh it looks fun it should be interesting i I bet it does okay kinder things than i will be saying about the next next uh oh, preview got some feelings no, no up in your gonna, feelings no not no feelings at all to be honest with you okay yeah well, so let's get to it now this one i'm going to say in particular of all the of, uh, of the clones that, that we were talking about here this one is the most guardians of the galaxy deadpool clony trailer I, i've seen in a really long time and that was the trailer that was released for the upcoming borderlands movie that nobody was asking for everybody was asking for um, i think nobody was asking for um let me let me just state i i saw this and i saw all these people that are in this and i'm like ah because it's a it's a it's a who's who acting list i'm like oh hey i love kate blanchett oh hey i like jack black oh hey i like kevin hart oh hey i like um shoot i lost her jamie lee curtis i like hayley bennett i like ariana greenblatt i like gina gershon this movie looks like shit and i hate it and it looks like it wishes it was guardians of the galaxy slash deadpool slash suicide squad all wrapped up into one based on the video game of the same name written and directed by eli roth which i'm not a big fan of eli roth films either uh, especially if it doesn't involve people with a flesh-eating virus uh, in a cabin in the woods somewhere. I, I'm sure, here's the thing, is I'm sure this thing's going to make a decent amount of money, at least by fans of the video game. But like, to Kate, Kate Blanchett, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to speak this to you directly because Kate listens to our podcast. Kate, did you need the money that badly? Now, you just feel free to answer in the comments on at Bandwagon Nerds on X Twitter and let us know, okay? And if you need help, instead of us, you know, thanking the next purchaser of a bandwagon nerd shirt, we'll we'll donate those prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot proceeds. Like I've no, worked this won't. out with Greg DeMarco. He doesn't know no, this won't. yet. No, Tony, I've already talked no, to no, Greg no, about it. No. He's already gonna have it. it doesn't matter Kate, what Greg Kate, says. Kate about needs that. our money. Kate needs matter. our money. No. It, it does, but Kate needs our help because she's doing these movies. And if Kate needs our help, 
then we should give her the $24 for the soft style <laughs> shirt that somebody bought because she clearly needs $24 because she made this terrible looking movie. Uh, scientists, DP, am I wrong? This movie looks terrible. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong. If you're a fan of the video game, uh, it looks it's, it's got the same it's got the same feel. Um, you know, so I, I think you're right on that. If you played and enjoyed the video game series, you're obviously you're going to go see this and it's going to have some references that are going to be like, I remember that. I remember that. That was funny. And uh, the robot, you know, doing his bit funny. Um, it's over the top, ridiculous action with a lot of colors. Um, that's that's the video game. So it's certainly going to be just like that. I don't expect anything big from the movie. It's probably just going to be like every other video game movie. Real. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. Go if you want. No, no. Go. Real quick, did you? Has, who's here? Have you actually? Has anybody ever actually played the game? Like played Borderlands? Did you play it to the end? Like, did you beat it? Because it's one of the most hilariously like disappointing final boss fights of all time. Like you go through all this and you fight like some boring tentacle monster. And like that's that's the game, which is kind of the shtick for Borderlands anyway. But like, yeah, yeah, I couldn't get through most of the first one. I tried it; just most of those aren't quite my style. Um, but because it's just a lot of side quests, it's a Witcher game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, and so it's hard. It's hard for me to not. Have, I need a more of a linear structure. But gotcha. Yeah, like uh, the one thing that turns me off about this is Kevin Hart to me because I just I don't like him as an actor. Jack Black as a side character is fantastic. I, you know, so he's great, but just, I get that like Jumanji feel as well. Like the, mm. it's the, like you said, you know, it's a movie nobody wanted. You, I don't need, I don't need it. I, I don't really need this, but everybody's doing movies based on video games. So, Hey, this one was popular. Let's do it. You know, um, I don't expect anything great from this one. Fair. I don't either. Dave, do you expect anything great from the Borderlands film? I kind of disagree with you guys. I, I like this trailer. I mean, it's got, you got a trailer with ELO in there, which automatically elevates it a little bit. Um, I like the Borderlands game. I think the cast is solid. I think Pat, you got it right. This is, this is Deadpool meets guardians meets. It has a very heavy suicide squad feel more so than anything else it feels more suicide squadish for me it's not so much it's it's a movie no one asked for it's more of a movie that i'm like i didn't even know this was happening (laughs) to be honest with you like next thing you know it's like what the fuck there's this borderlands trailer like i knew i knew fallout was coming but i had no idea that borderlands was this this far along with that cast to have a trailer that's very batshit crazy um yeah, I don't know. I didn't think it looked horrible. I, I don't. It, it looks kind of interesting to me. I like the series, and and it's got it got to throw some Mad Max in there. It's definitely got Mad Max involved in the whole thing as well. So I would uh, differ with you guys a little bit. I think I'm a little bit more interested in this than 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 you and DPR, Pat. But wow, well that means that it comes to Tony. I, I mean, you definitely are more interested in me because I think it looks like garbage. So. <laughs> Like you definitely, you don't kind of disagree with me. Like you, you disagree with me. Tony on that front. Hundred million dollar budget. This will be a box office flop. I have nothing more to say. I, I, yeah, I can't even disagree. I think he's right. Let's go to the last one. This is a movie, by the way, that I know both Dave and Tony in particular. EP, I'm not sure about you. Uh, We talked about part one before you returned to the show. But we got our trailer, our first trailer for Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 2. 
Uh, part one just got released not too terribly long ago, if I do recall. I don't. It's not available for streaming yet, though, right? You have to buy it. Like you can't watch it on HBO Max yet. No. So I guess I'm going to hand this over to the three of you to discuss, or maybe even just the two of you to discuss, because I've I've long shared that I am not particularly familiar with DC. It is not that is, that is the area, the corner of nerddom that that where I am the bandwagoner, and, and these guys have been trying to get me off and onto that bandwagon especially through DC animation. Like I've been told on multiple occasions to watch DC animation. Um, but thoughts on this uh, trailer for part two, they, uh, it, I mean, looks interesting. I don't know. Who's the blonde chick who's crying. Like that's Supergirl. In, in the trailer. I got, that's Kara Danvers. Oh, right. Supergirl. Why, Carol Danvers? Not Carol. Kara. 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 Is that like her sister or something? Is that like Carol's, the Carol sister? No. Entirely different universe, <laughs> Mr. O'Dowd. Dave, Dave, the utter disgust. Folks, you can't see this, but Dave, that was that was a Patrick O'Dowd face, if I've ever seen a Patrick O'Dowd face on one David Ungar, because Carol Danvers has a sister in the DC universe that I didn't know about. I mean, I'm cool with but, it, um, but I don't I don't know if the fandom will go with it. All right, so talk to us about this trailer, Dave. Why don't you go ahead and kick it off? We'll go Dave, Tony, then uh, DP. Well, to be honest, I have not seen the first one. I have not bought it yet. Tony, have you seen the first one yet? I haven't seen it. Um, oh boy! I but I it's you know I think Ray Ray has seen it and he was very high on it. Um, I need to get on the ball and buy the first one and and watch it because this it looks from what I can tell and, and Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sure looks like they're following the story arc from the comics pretty closely at this point. Um, yeah, Kara is a big part of crisis on infinite earths. And one of the, you know, there's a couple of, of really heart wrenching moments in that series. She's one of them. So it makes me wonder how are they going to follow this thing all the way to the bitter end? And it will be a bitter end if they follow it all the way to its actual conclusion. But um, I, I, I love the fact that I said it when they first announced it, that they split this into a trilogy and are really taking the time to tell this story and turning this into like a three and a half hour saga which it deserves because it is really the event that redefined the dc comics universe so um i need to check it out especially before the third one comes out honey what do you think man i've been trying to not figure out the actual specifics of how they're telling the story because yeah you could they could go you know step for step with the comic books the original there's also a secondary one that deals with a more of a dark world kind of thing that happens and i feel like seeing this second preview they might have grabbed some elements from some alternative crisis storylines um the cw one is a little bit different than the comic book as well but that's a really fun to watch um what you watching i will get into some dc animation this week but as far as i go i'm not gonna buy it because i know the story i i can't, i'm gonna wait until they come out on streaming which they will eventually and um i don't know if i'm gonna be able to wait for all three to be out i might watch them as they drop but definitely looking forward to it especially since i am all the way caught up on the dc animated movie universe um wow. except for crisis yeah that's impressive all oh, that because they've got more go? they got more dc animated movies than marvel I mean, has the mcu has movies a, at this point there's a couple of green lantern ones i didn't watch but They're other good. than that those are good though. yeah i'm sure they are it's not my favorite character dp yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in this after seeing the trailer. I did obviously I haven't seen the first one either, um, but uh, what's fantastic is I have a uh, work business trip coming up, and I leave tomorrow. 
Um, so I'm going to be downloading the comic of Christ's Son, Infinite Earth, and uh, going to catch myself up on the comic itself. Um, I do see that there's some other, uh, yeah, other ones that maybe they take different paths, like you guys were saying, you know, to make sure see which you know one they actually go with. But uh, I start with the original, and I'm definitely looking forward to them because I I've I've done have seen a lot of those animated movies from them and dc just knocks it out of the park with that i mean i don't know what happens when they bring real life uh, actors into their movies but man they should stick with these because they they kill it every time uh and i'm sure this one's no different so i'm I'm really excited to actually start watching them yeah for all of the criticism we give live action dc films dc animation has has largely held its own um, in terms of its quality and what it puts out there and what we've seen so i I actually haven't even seen reviews of part one. Like I, like I've seen nothing around it. I've never really looked into it. Um, you know, we, we all here on this show, we talk about this a lot of like kind of what is our get around to it list of things to do. And very clearly my get around to list has, has DC animation as a part of it, but it's just not like, it's not the priority of what we watch right now. I'm frankly, it's Godzilla films right now because that's, that's what the little O'Dowd is all about. You so, should impress upon him uh, to switch that. I think you'll have a better time with DC animation than some of these Godzilla films. But I, but I love these Godzilla films. Even if, okay, Godzilla movies are like pizza, man. Like even bad Godzilla films are fun to watch. Like a bad Godzilla movie is still a good Godzilla. It's still a giant dude in a rubber suit beating the shit out of another dude in a rubber suit, like on a set of what looks like Tokyo or Osaka, and that's just fun. Uh, it's still better than Madam Web. There you go. And 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 Rebel Moon. If we're like, why are you trying to, to why are you trying to, to watch, shoot more Madam Web? That. You should watch. You should watch one of the terrible movies. I watch Rebel Moon really before I watch Madam Web. It's got it's a hundred percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, that so is. that's but I mean, I how many you, reviews is that? That's only seven reviews. The audience score it's though is hundred. The audience score has hundred plus, and IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes audience scores are both. 6.2 and 6.4. So I don't know what that means, so, but I know that's strong. one of my favorite storylines I'll like. Well, and if it's generally on the positive side, my take is that those lower reviews come from people who are probably a little too hard on how much of the crisis story is actually Wait. in the animated feature. Breakout, well, re- the, breakout well, retainer boy, Pat. They didn't follow the, the story exactly. Be, the problem might be, though, for some of the fandom, the fact that in crisis, you deal with multiple iterations of superheroes too so people might not be able to grab right. their head around that immediately so that's true that's fair it's it, it definitely is one of those things that you gotta you gotta really pay attention to and keep track of so Tony, I, be, I had a question I, for you oh go ahead so you've watched all the dc animated movies how many duds would you say are in there there might be two or three that you just gotta stay with and watch them that aren't great um but i mean I could go down a list when we get to what you watch and of, of some of my favorites. And the one I just watch is right at the top. So they don't miss. They're the Carmelo I mean, Hayes of animation. We, we enjoyed, we enjoyed the flashback or we, we enjoyed the flashpoint paradox mm-hmm. film. Like we enjoyed that. We liked it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, well, <laughs> relatively fun, a little dark, but it was, it was a good movie. All right. We're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, we're going to start diving into some news around the nerdosphere. A lot of project news, and a, a merger, a little bit of a, well, not a merger, but a, a, a deal struck by a major production company. All of that when we come back. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, 
buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshop.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshop.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of thechairshot.com. Patrick O'Dowd, PC Tunney, Scientist TPP, Lawyer Dave Ungar. Make sure you head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash chairshot. And invest in a pro shot or in a chair shot shirt so that Kate Blanchett can get our $24 because she needs it more than we do because she did Borderlands. Uh, or if you are the next person to buy a chair shot um, bandwagon nerd shirt, we will publicly thank you or your username on these internet airwaves. Somebody buy a shirt. I'm begging you. Buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. Please buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. You want to buy a shirt? You know you want to buy a shirt. You need a shirt. And we need to talk a little bit of Star Wars news, fellas, because we had, we had several just sort of little announcements here or there of some things that are happening. Um, and one of them is an upcoming Disney Plus series that is slated to debut. It got an announcement, uh, an announced date of June 5th, 2024. The long rumored and talked about series, The Acolyte, will be launching this summer. It is directed... Or, sorry, it was created by Leslie Headland. It is billed as a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. During the show, a Padawan will reunite with her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crime, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they ever anticipated. The show will be set 100 years before the events of Star Wars, of the Star Wars prequel trilogy at a time which is known as the High Republic. So we've long talked about, like, I, I want to be blunt. I'm looking forward to this series because it is a series that has nothing to do with us. There's nary a Skywalker to be seen uh, in, in this series. And that is enough for me to start and be like, you know what? I'm down. I'm down for this series because there is nary a Skywalker to be seen and I think that there is so much more to the Star Wars universe that can be built and explored. And this is a world-building series possibility, if I've ever heard of one, where we are going to get an introduction of the Sith in, in a different sort of way. I'm, I, at least I'm assuming that is what we're going to get here. The title Dark Acolyte really seems to imply that. Now, whether that is some sort of a betrayal or some sort of fall from grace from maybe the protagonist, I don't know. Um, I like that I don't know a lot about this show yet, but seeing as it's June and we're in February, got to think we're going to be getting a trailer soon, right? Like, got to think we're going to be getting something soon. And as Tony likes to say, when it comes to the series, it's all Star Wars. So he's got his he's got his Star Wars hoodie on. He's excited. He's got his Tatooine shirt underneath. He went he went there on vacation a couple weeks ago. So good times. Thoughts. On this story, you know, the release date is kind of inconsequential, but we, we got a little bit more out of this. 
Let's start with Mr. It's All Star Wars. You're going to be checking this one out. What do you think about something that takes place 100 years before anything we've seen before in the Star Wars universe? I think it's great. I've always been a proponent of expanding your our knowledge of the Star Wars universe, right? And, and they've been able to do that in so many different instances on the timeline, in so many different ways of physical media, whether it's live action, whether it's the Lego stuff, whether it's the animated stuff. So what I would really like to see out of this, and this is a series, right? Yes. I'd love to see this build towards a movie that's set like 10 years before uh, Phantom Menace that really kind of sets us up for those nine movies. We get, you know, all the storylines leading into what we do over those next nine movies. So it should be interesting. Um, you know, you say anything that's not a Skywalker. Well, it's the, still the same storyline. Padawan reunites with Master, goes on journey to find selves. Yeah, um, I guess the really important question is, will there be pod racing? Dave, will there be pod racing? In the High Republic era, I do not think so. I, I doubt that. No, I think this is great. There's, um, you know, and, and Star Wars is is something that's, uh, as far as its lineology and everything like that, is kind of fluid. You know, is the EU part of it? Is it not? Did we erase this? Is it is it, is it canon? Is it not? And they they mix and match a lot of it. But you know, there's the two eras: the Old Republic era, which they haven't touched yet, which is coming. And then you've got the High Republic era, which is another era, which they have no Skywalker specifically, although I'm sure on the family tree, (laughs) somewhere in this High Republic era, there is somebody who leads to a Skywalker. But yeah, no doubt about that. But it's a a really cool era era of the stories that, um, you know, some of the extended universe dabbled with that. Now you're bringing that into the Disney Plus. And like Tony says, it's all Star Wars. But this is great because if, if this works, then they start exploring the old Republic and sooner or later, you're just going to see this big branching timeline uh, of star Wars information and shows and series that all hopefully someday will tie together. So yeah, I think this is really cool. It's a series that, um, you know, want to see how, how, what kind of visual representation of the high Republic do we get? What's it going to look like? How's it going to differ from the prequels is a hundred years before, you know, so I'm excited about it. I think it'll be a, a really good show. Yes, nipples DB, on alert, Tony. DB, are, are your nipples as hard as PC Tony's are over this upcoming Star Wars show, Dark Acolyte? Probably not. Uh, I'm not going to be able to cut ice <laughs> with them, but, you know. Or sorry, uh, the Acolyte, sorry. <laughs> I, but I'm excited that they're doing this. Um, you know, like you guys are saying, I mean, the, the, the Star Wars, the universe of Star Wars is just ridiculous. Um, and they can do so many damn things and we're finally going backwards a bit and getting into that part of the story which is really cool uh the based on the description that you read and, and that was in the article as well i get I kind of get more of a kind of like a dc batman type of vibe kind of like it's a little darker it's a little more of a you know solving crimes getting into more of that feeling um i'm gonna guess there's gonna be a lot of politics involved because that's star wars no. and it's the high republic so uh, I feel like it's going to be a combination of those two, a little bit of dark crime solving series, kind of Batman-esque, you know, in the shadows type of stuff. And then uh, getting into the, you know, the Republic's, uh, you know, council type of storylines and, and debating politics. So, uh, you know, I definitely got some high hopes because it's Star Wars, but I'm curious to see how they go. And, and like Dave said, you know, it's they can tie all this stuff together because it's so huge. And if they want to tie it together. They got a lot to work with. Like a good rug. A good rug really ties the room together. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get, you, get yourself a good Star Wars movie. It'll tie the universe together. Um, in terms of a trailer, so uh, according to this article from Collider, uh, there is a trailer ready to be released, but it is unclear when Disney plans to unveil it. Now, it's down the road. It's a ways away, but Star Wars Day is always a popular day to drop some stuff. May the 4th. I don't know what day of the week that is this year, but that's usually a spot. Um, it would if they did that, it would it would kind of time out right because it would end up or it would be like if the if the date that's reported of June fifth is legit, that's basically about a month after the Bad Batch season finale and series finales ends. So that would again that would be right around that May fourth time might be when they drop a trailer. So maybe we'll see something about that, but we may not see it until three months from, well, two months now from now or so. Saturday. Uh, Saturday. 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 So that's not a, it's not a terrible time to drop a, uh, drop a trailer. Uh, we'll have to see. What's interesting. The high Republic era is generally, generally regarded as the height of the Jedi. This is as high as the Republic got. And this is the, where they are at the maximum of their power. So It'll be interesting to see, okay, the underpinnings, how do the Sith in this, you know, with the Jedi on uh, as strong as they are, how do they start to get a foothold to lead back to where we get to with the prequels and then the original trilogy? Because, you know, you're at your highest of here 100 years later, you're done. I mean, the order's almost extinguished. So, right. So, fertile, yeah, who knows? fertile ground we'll, for stories. Yes. Hopefully we'll see some more about this before the May the 4th release, but just looking at the timing of the calendar and if it holds, I would say Saturday, May 4th, always a big day for the Star Wars, you know, world when it comes to events and upcoming projects and features and and trailers that that would be a day I would circle in red on your proverbial calendar to, to see what is coming next. All right. Now we're going to talk about a movie that I know I wasn't asking to be made. Uh, but yet here we are because money money is important and and think movies make money and and Jurassic Park, which just finished up with its latest run of films, was announced and we didn't talk about this on the show, so maybe we talk about this a little bit too. Um, Jurassic World comes to an end. Nobody was really particularly sad about it, and yet it was turned around and announced that we will get another Jurassic World universe picture is it a reboot is it a remake i don't know when that news first broke i was like well this looks like fuck this shit o'clock i'm not going to check this out (laughs) and then they announced that gareth edwards is set to direct the upcoming film now for those of you who don't know who gareth edwards is gareth edward gareth edwards has put out one film that i haven't seen yet that i desperately want to see and one film that he did put out that i really really liked and so i'm like I'm like fucking Al Pacino in The Godfather Part 3. Just as soon as I'm out, or I think I'm out, they do something to maybe pull me back in because Gareth Edwards was the director of the recently uh, released film The Creator, which Tunney has seen and gave really high praise to. And is a movie I really want to see, but I don't have Hulu, so I haven't seen it yet. But he also released my favorite Star Wars memory, or favorite Star Wars movie of the last five, five to ten years. And, that, and that's Rogue One. Like, if you've ever heard me talk about Rogue One, everybody who's been on this podcast heard me talk about Rogue One. I fucking love that movie. I rave about that. I watch that movie more than I watch other old Star Wars movies that I love. Maybe 
except for Empire Strikes Back. So I'm torn, fellas, because this hire makes me go, well, maybe I can go back and watch another movie about dinosaurs. But those Jurassic World movies are so bad, so, so bad, so ridiculously bad. Yet here I am. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You know what? Um, Dave, tell me what to do. What what should I do? Should I ignore this? Yes. No. But it's Gareth Edwards. But he's really good. I don't know if it would make a difference if God was directing these things. These movies are just shit Spielberg, Spielberg's producing this one. Like, Spielberg's actually producing this one. I don't know. I haven't seen the last couple. I know I probably need to, but it's just... It starts to feel like Friday the 13th now. It's just like we're at the point where let's see what other stupid shit we can do. Let's throw him in Manhattan. Oh, he's in space. You know, let's do that. We're, we're going to hang at Jurassic Park on Mars pretty soon. That's going to be the next thing coming up. And and I don't know. I mean, yeah, it has a little bit more credibility because this director is so damn good. And you th- sit there and say, well, maybe, but man, they just have shit the bed so badly since the first one. And maybe like the first Jurassic World was pretty good. The one with, uh, you know, when they rebooted the series, that was that was fine. That was a good one. But man, this is since then, they just it's just nothing there. No meat on the bone, no substance. I don't know if this guy can sell if Gareth can salvage it. Great. He's but, done. He's done kaiju movies before. Now he did. He, he did direct 2014's Godzilla. Um, and we, we well, that's uh, all right. that was the beginning of the monster verse. Yeah. That was compare that it to was, the Matthew Broderick was. night disaster from earlier in the 20s. That's, I mean, that's the, that's the one that teased Brian Cranston in a significant role and then killed him 20 minutes into the movie. So uh-huh. there, there, there's that too. He also, his feature, his feature film debut in 2010 monsters is a good film as well. I, I don't know. Tony, Tony, I'm still torn. Dave hasn't convinced me either way. Should I see this movie or not? What should I do? Um, it's coming out I, July 2nd, 2025. Yeah. Back in the mid nineties, I really liked um, the the first Jurassic Park. And on that note, I'm still not convinced. DP, what am I doing here? Should I see this movie? Should I listen to Dave and and annoy avoid it? What what should happen here? Um, I, I agree with all. Um, avoid it at all costs. Um, I get it <laughs> that uh, Gareth Edwards is is a favorite for you, um, but uh, it's it's the fact that nobody can come up with new ideas and they said that eh, Jurassic world was still making money. We, everybody still likes dinosaurs. So let's put out another one. Uh, and sometimes as good of a f- director or filmmaker as you are, you can't fix a bad story. And it's just, I don't, I don't have any faith in these anymore uh, at that point. Like, yep, I agree with PC. I like the first Jurassic park. The rest of them were terrible. I agree with big Dave. I liked the first Jurassic world. I thought it was pretty good. The rest were terrible. I don't know if this is going to be a reboot or not, like you said, Patrick, but I'm, I just can't. I can't. Like, I need okay. something new. So, so let me ask you this. Would, it, would a good trailer save this film? At no. least or at least give it a chance. No? No. no. I don't think so. No. It's, so there's no, not. I, so, so, Tony. Trailer. No. A trailer, can, a trailer can give you all the best parts of a movie, and that's the only good parts of the movie. Like, you know, or a trailer has destroyed us before. That was such a great answer, DP. Play yourself. Uh, you're my best friend. That that was that was an excellent, <laughs> excellent response. What about the other two? So Dave is clearly in the no good trailers. Not gonna not gonna give it a chance. Tony, big X. Okay, well there you have it. So when my kid makes me go see the Jurassic World movie, I'll just point him. <laughs> Patrick comes back. Best Jurassic Park movie ever. 
Okay, so let me ask you this. If I came back with that legitimately, like if I came back and was like, this movie was great, you still wouldn't see it. So that tells me that you don't value my opinion on films, Tony. That big That's not, I would, no, I think you misread no. it. I just don't think there's any quality I would left. I think about Classic it for five Park, minutes longer really than I otherwise would. And I could give wow. two flying uh, shits about a movie about dinosaurs. I'd watch That's it on funny. I'd watch I'd stream it if it, when it came out if, if people raved about it, but like to be clear, I haven't paid for any any Jurassic Park film since my youth when my parents took me to the original trilogies. Like I have watched them all on stream. And I think it's important to remind our listeners that Patrick O'Dowd is a cheap bastard. So we haven't said that in a while. We have to remind people that you're a cheap bastard, Pat. I am frugal. I don't know if I would call myself a cheap bastard. You I am called frugal. yourself that in wise. the past. Well, today I'm Stands frugal. Up. I also. You could call me a cheap bastard, and I like how many times have I gone to Disney World from fucking Massachusetts well, that's in the last sad. year? You spend your money on selective trip, things. Trip, trip number trip number three is coming up. Boy, um, okay, let's get to our last story in this segment. Uh, Tony actually shared this one. This broke uh, this past uh, on Tuesday, uh, about a week ago from when this podcast has been dropped. Disney and Sony. Disney announced that Sony is going to take over Disney's physical media production and that a very popular distribution club, the Disney Movie Club, is going to shut down as a result of this merger. Now, for those of you who don't know, Disney Movie Club was interesting in that its physical media distribution that it would do uh, was basically one of your loan opportunities to get some of those older classic Disney film productions. And so it was kind of this big, you know, it was kind of this big deal. And it was hanging on for a thread um, that like that it was going anywhere in the first place. This was just kind of the final nail in the coffin. Basically what they're saying is that Sony will handle and oversee the actual authoring and compression of discs that they'll work with the replicators and packaging vendors and that they'll oversee the titles as they go out to distributors and on to retailers. So it will, um, it marks a significant change. According to a lot of experts, this is a good move for Disney because it is really going to streamline things, make it faster for quantities of physical media to get out. Uh, it's consistent with things Disney have done in the past to, uh, to get things stronger company wide. Uh, and it will allow Disney to continue offering its films and TV shows via physical media retailers and distributors, which that's significant because a lot of a lot of companies are going away from that. A lot of what we're seeing now, hell, Best Buy, one of my favorite examples, has gone away from physical media for music. I don't think it's that far away from doing the same thing with movies and video games. Uh, DP, you're nodding. Uh, why don't you chime in first? Just uh I think this is good for old fogies like me that like to have physical media. Maybe. Um, is this, was this part of the deal that Sony got for allowing Spider-Man into the Disney plus side of the universe? <laughs> I don't like, know. Maybe. Cause that's what first, my first thought was like, was this the other side of the deal uh, to me? Like, I guess there must be some means to still have physical media, but I feel like that's all going away. I mean, like that, like I said, you know, you go Best Buy is that's all gone for, you know, music, I feel like that's going away for DVDs, Blu-rays, all that. It's just, there's not a big demand for it anymore. And I feel like it's like Disney's like, well, we're not going to be producing it for that much longer anyway, so why not? And let Sony do a bit of this and until it's gone. Like, they're just sunsetting this and letting Sony take the end of it. 
for them because Disney just doesn't want to do it anymore. And that's kind of the way it feels to me. And that I guess Sony's getting a little bit of money out of it, but like it's like Disney just like dumping all the shit that they don't need anymore and they don't, they're not going to produce. And you know what? Who cares? Because in a couple of years, they won't have to worry about it. Dave, your thoughts on this merger and this piece of news? I agree. I agree with completely with DP on this. I think uh, you know Sony does is a lot better at this physical medium than Disney is or has ever been. So, from Disney standpoint, like yeah, we're we're scaling back on this. We're focusing on Disney Plus. This physical medium is a pain in our ass. Let's let a company who's much better at it than we are run with this thing, and we'll pay them some money, and then we'll move on. So, I think. I think it's probably a win-win for both of them. Um, probably won't last very long because I do think the physical medium is slowly but surely going by the wayside. So, yeah, I like like DP said, I think it's a smart move for Disney and for Sony. Sony, are you happy that you'll still be able to get your Disney flicks on physical media for at least a little while longer? Sure. Um, <laughs> I, 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 broadcast I, lessons I are really paying off, Monty. Yeah. What I what I will say though that is Disney is going to be one of the last types of physical media specifically still being consumed by people in in physical locations like we talked about because of the nostalgia because of like the dvd case or the box set or whatever that's like memorabilia and and disney does that where they only release stuff from the vault every so many years so when they do that like this isn't going to stop it just seems like they're streamlining themselves setting themselves up to sell um, and this is one less department they have to pay where there's still going to be someone else doing it, like you guys said, better than they are. And they're still making it. They'll still have a revenue stream from it. Yeah, I think it's uh, overall, it's a good thing. I also don't think we should count out physical media just yet. There is a nice little movement and retraction and backlash that is going, uh, particularly with the way companies have taken media away uh, and, and people are, are much more coveting the physical media because they don't want something taken away we've seen it recently in um in some mergers with uh some some movies and uh, uh music i'm trying to remember the the company comic that books it. too right uh comic books has gone pretty strongly digital um but I, I can't there was a company it made a new it was a news story where they just sort of quietly got rid of a bunch or pulled a bunch of stuff off their off their library took took copies away that people had bought uh, from their system wouldn't allow them to access it anymore and then um kind of got bit in the ass when people were like whoa i gave you 20 dollars for this movie and then you took it away like that's that's the thing that's really interesting about this physical slash digital content and yeah now dp's trying to remember too because he's like i remember you remember the story yeah um but well, one of the things is very very sneaky didn't you lose a bunch of stuff dave when that um digital uh or the comic book um yeah. Didn't you have a subscription or something Ex- like that? When, uh, when Comixology yeah. got uh, absorbed by Amazon. I mean, it's, I lost it. I'd say it's there, but finding it is kind of like, it's like Brock Lesnar in 2K24. It's there, but you've got to go through a bunch of shit to find it. And um, it's never been the same. And I mean, and like trying to find, you know, you know, doing a search for a comic and trying to find a collected edition Good luck. You're better off finding the Lost Ark of the Covenant than having Amazon help you out with shit like that. So yeah, it's um, I get it. Like you guys are saying, I gave you twenty dollars for this thing, and they're coming back and firing back saying, "No, you gave us twenty dollars for the license to use this. That's what you gave us, and now we're taking that license back." So I get it. 
I, I, and I get all the, you know, everybody want to have physical product and I, and I don't begrudge them that at all. Yeah. And just, this is a, this is a lesser known story and we didn't really talk about it, but, uh, cr- I think it was Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll, which is the hit like top anime streaming service. They just absorbed, I want to say Funimation or, uh, one of these other ones, but, but basically in taking over that, that other streaming service, they're phasing out the competition or, or what was the competition, like the old stuff that they bought the rights to, they're just making it go away. And they're just telling their customers straight up, you're not gonna be able to access this content anymore. Sorry. And they get to do it because that's what you enter into when you, when you do a lot of these streaming subscriptions, same thing with Comixology. Like somebody took it over they're like, here's your deal. We can take it away at any time. That's actually in a lot of your digital media purchases. Larian Studios talked about it um, and why they were looking at certain restrictions within Baldur's Gate 3 because they didn't want a company to be able to have the right to take the game away from somebody who bought it. Um, and that's one of the sneaky sides of streaming that that isn't getting talked about very much. Yeah, it will be. I no. mean, sooner or later, somebody's going to do something on a grand scale that's going to piss the wrong people off. And- well, it's it's just it's one of those things. So many consumers, and and I think this is absolutely true. I think so many consumers just sort of feel like there's nothing they can do about it, so they they just sort of throw their hands up. They're like, "Well, this is what it is," and they'll bitch about it. But they it's like it's like people who bitch about Comcast all the time and then never leave Comcast uh, back in the day. Now they are because you have to go streaming for everything. But like, that's what I think of a lot of times is those when I, they, mm-hmm. there's a feeling of powerlessness that I think comes with consumers and they're just like, well, this is what it is. Or they're like, well, it's not that big. I don't watch that movie. Anymore. Meanwhile, Stuff there's like a hundred of my brethren waiting out there for somebody to walk in their door. Give me the case so I can file this shit against them. And they're out there and there's, you better believe there's a case to be had that they can make an argument that this is bullshit and this is why. As long as I can get that one long lost uh, Cinderella movie on Laserdisc that I'm missing, I'll be happy. Let me know how that works Laser for you, Dan. Disc, oh, nice. If you find that thing, let me know. I want, yeah. one, I want one too. <laughs> I keep a lookout at half well, price books. On that note, we're going to help DP continue his search over this next commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about a Hollywood Reporter article that took a deep dive in what Marvel's been up to over the last few weeks. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network and part of the ChairShot.com. Always use your head, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot for all of your beautiful ChairShot swag needs. I am still joined by PC Tunny, Dave Ungar, and the scientist DPP. Gentlemen, last week, we spent a lot of time talking about all of the news that was revealed, released, shared from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We talked Deadpool, we talked X-Men 97, we talked Fantastic Four casting reveals. It's quite a show for Marvel, and it it's uncanny the timing that the Hollywood Reporter would have to release a pretty in-depth article taking a look at what has 
gone on within the MCU. And sometimes when we share these articles, and I and I, you know, I don't know how much of you guys skimmed it or read it deeply. Like it's my job to kind of read it and ask the questions and kind of get thoughts. So I, I never really you know, like if you read it, great. If you don't, we're gonna get there. This is one of the few times where I read an article and I was like, you know, I like a lot of what I'm reading here. Um, and found a lot of what I was reading in this article to be very, very interesting. Uh, and, and starting for, first and foremost with what appears to be and, and is very much, maybe it's because it validated a lot of what we talked about on the show, by the way, in terms of where the superhero film is, where the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been lately, that this this article really reinforces a lot of what we've speculated, that Marvel has been trying to do in order to kind of get themselves back on track from a series of either disappointments or duds. I think one of my favorite memes floating around out there is the juxtapos- juxtapositioned pictures of like a Marvel film with Sony to be like, we're so back. And then the next picture, MCU is dead. Well, fourth movie comes out, it's so back and, and back and forth. It really does look like Marvel and Kevin Feige are trying to to get get things back into a good place and that these the SAG after strike and the Writers Guild strike may have really done a lot of it. And I think it begins and ends with the giant elephant in the Marvel universe that is Jonathan Majors and what to do about Kang the Conqueror. It, it, word has gotten out and the reporter reinforces it that the Avengers Kang Dynasty film is set to get a name change. Uh, Now, they don't say any more about whether or not what that name change is going to be. They haven't said anything about Kang's role. But, like, that's that's the first thing. And and frankly, and I'll turn this over to you guys to to get your thoughts on this, I love Kang the Conqueror. Everybody knows that when this was announced as the next big bad after Thanos, I was very enthusiastic I was very enthusiastic about the idea of Jonathan Majors in that role. However, since this news regarding Jonathan Majors and the domestic battery issues and all of that stuff have happened, since the guilty verdict from his trial and a couple of those charges, I just, more and more I have landed on the side of, if we're going to keep Kang, we got to walk away from Kang for a little while. And at the very least, if we're going to bring him back, you've got to recast it and go in a different direction if you don't make it go away altogether. And it might be that the right answer is to make Kang go away altogether, as much as that would disappoint me. Uh, and it seems like Marvel, that's the step that they may be taking. Reactions to that first bit of news, we'll start with uh, PC Tiny this time. Um, the, the, the Kang, Jonathan Majors character slash casting is done, or maybe done. So you think someone else is going to play him instead of just getting rid of the character altogether? That's kind of what they're hinting towards, I, right? I think they may be getting rid of them altogether for a I while. Think that's still- I think I think I think your best your best option if you wanted to stick with Kang would be to make him go away for a few years, have everybody forget about it before you reintroduce him in a different way, maybe as Iron Lad. It's funny because I don't know if they've had enough time okay. to execute this for Deadpool coming up, but I think we talked about like Deadpool could be the perfect person to kill Kang and and nobody talks about it anymore. You know what I mean? if they really wanted to move on from it, or maybe they won't talk about it at all. I don't know, but I well, think the TVA, we talked about this out of Loki, like the TVA was already hunting down and stopping Kang variants at the end of Loki. 
So they've already started that, and the TVA is in Deadpool, so it makes sense. It could be there. Sure. Right. It's just whether or not they they had the ability to make that decision that quickly with everything that was going on there. I I don't know. I mean, I yeah, here's superhero fatigue and everything like that, but there really hasn't been a project that I've disliked from Marvel. I think that this is just kind of a nothing story to me. I think all these things are going to happen anyway. Kevin Feige's had a plan the entire time. Now, the Jonathan Majors thing is is one thing, but we, we've been following this this timeline for a while, and, and I don't think he's going to blink at all. I, I think we're going to come back at a more fervent pace. You look at some of the announcements of when these movies are all coming out now in 25 and 26, and they're back to the boom, 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 laying one on every couple few months. So when you look down well, the road. I want to I want to hit on that, though, because by Bob Iger, and this is quoted in this article, he did a he did an earnings call on the 7th of February. And he says straight out, some of our studios lost a little focus. So the first step that we've taken is that we've reduced volume. We've reduced output, particularly at Marvel, in order to ensure the films you're making can be even better. So. I don't think we should be married to any timeline we've seen. Dave, what do you think? Um, I think as far as the Kang situation goes, like I agree with you, Pat, that either there, I mean, in like, you know, like Tony's talking about in the Deadpool movie, remember in like, um, what was it in, in, in Endgame or something where Rhodey's talking about, why can't we just go back in time and, you know, just, and, you know, they're like, A, that's really disturbing, but C, for a character like Deadpool to do that, that's in character with him. But I think you hedge your bet. I think if you're if you're looking at Kang, you push him to the side for a few years. You don't need him. You've got Doom's probably coming up. Galactus, I mean, Fantastic Four is supposed to bring in everybody under the sun. So we'll see how that works. But, you know, you push Kang to the side. No one knows what's going to happen. I mean, in a few years, Jonathan Major's situation may improve. Maybe you bring him back. I don't know what the future holds for that guy. Um, you know, and I, I think you don't need him, though. I really don't think you need, you don't need Kang at this point in time. Um, like the article was talking about quantum mania underperformed before any of this shit with Jonathan, Jonathan majors came out. So people were looking at, Oh, maybe we've overestimated the appeal of this character. And, you know, to steal from Tony and I's what some of the things we do on pro wrestling wise, the flair Hogan thing. Well, maybe this isn't as popular as we thought it was. And now here with Marvel, you know, with Kang, it's like, maybe this is not the character we thought it was. Um, as far as the timeline, yeah, I'm, I agree with you that I don't think they're married to anything. They're looking at this year, 2024, is a big year for the MCU where they're just like, okay, we've got one movie coming out. Let's retool. Let's see what we want to do. Let's get these projects in place and tell the story we want to tell. And then, you know, kind of go from there. So they've got to ride. I mean, they're, they've got to ride that razor's edge between because I think there it has been superhero fatigue. They've recognized that people are fatigued by this thing. There's too much of this stuff. Let's take a step back. Let's focus on quality instead of quantity. And so all these films coming out are guidelines. You know, whether they all come out when they're when they say they're going to come out really depends on critical reaction, audience reaction um, to probably whatever's the first one on bat in 2025. I mean, we know Deadpool's going to make a shit ton of money, so I'm not worried about that. But whatever's right. next on deck in 2025 series wise or um well it's 2020 it's the, what's next on deck in 2024 if they hold their schedule is agatha dark old diaries okay and when's that and that's november okay i yeah i mean that's a good place to put that in i think you know and regenerate interest in that in that sort of thing um 
you know, they got some big hitters coming up. You know, the Daredevil series, I think that's going to be a really big hit for them. And I hope so. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I mean, getting back to the Kang thing, yeah, I would steer away from it for now. You just don't need it. There's no momentum behind that character. You've got other much more um, enticing options out there. Let's put it that way. Sure. TP, your thoughts? Yeah, I think you're you're in the right spot here, Dave, with the retooling opportunity because they're still in that spot where you can retool. You know, they're in between their big, you know, big evil villain. You know, but they thought it would be Kane or Kang. I say Kane. Kang? It's gotta be Kane. It's gotta be Kane. Just change the letter, change the character. You're good. Uh, and I was looking forward to that a lot. Uh, I thought that was a really good storyline that they could they could do there. Uh, but kind of see the writing on the wall that they were maybe push starting to push away from it after everything that happened you know like uh, you said patrick the end of loki 2 you know basically kind of saying well we're gonna go kill all the variants you can make it easily make that story at that point be like okay we're done we're done with that you know we can move on and, and bring you know doom in with fantastic four coming as, as our big villain um so they're they're luckily in a good spot where they can do this and retool and come up with their next big villain and and yeah they've got a whole bunch of new stuff coming up you know with the fantastic four now uh hopefully better than the other ones or you know you got the you know if they do a new avengers and you got the falcon you know taking over captain america uh you got the new guardians if you want to keep that going a little bit but you got some other options you can bring in and start that new era of superheroes and a new villain and we're still in that transition where they can get rid of kang if if they want to, which I, I agree they, they probably should, unfortunately, at this point, at least, or at least the next iteration. Um, but uh, that's kind of what I got from the article as well. It was like, yeah, they're they're kind of moving on uh, and coming up with a new opportunity. Yeah. Got I like that. I like where they're going with it. You got X-Men so. waiting out there to be developed, too. I mean, they're bringing them in as well. well and that's the other thing is I liked there was a sentence in this article where it talked about room to breathe and that Marvel kind of gave itself some room to breathe especially with sort of changing their focus on content, because it was no secret that at the launch of Disney plus that, and I've heard it from, you know, any podcasting network that, that, you know, that anything that produces content, that like content is King. You want to have stuff out there that is new to keep and engage an audience. The problem was, is when it was something as massive as Marvel, and the amount of labor it takes to successfully make a superhero film, that doesn't lend itself to quickly producing content like at all. That's how you get She-Hulk and poor visual effects. Not a bad series, by the way. I will die on the hill that She-Hulk was a good series that wasn't given enough time to look as good as it needed to. Um, but giving itself... And you're seeing some of the examples. Like One of the things they talked about is um, they're pushing back Captain America seven months like to give it more time because it needs rewrites and reshoots uh to actually get done and done right on the positive side apparently agatha darkhold diaries which like i said is slated to go is originally slated to come out in november which is the only the third sort of quote-unquote mcu like sort of definite mcu output it was budgeted five days for reshoots and they only needed one which there's, which is a good thing. Like if you don't need a lot of reshoots, that's awesome and gives it a potential to be a a stronger show. Hopefully, people will watch. Hopefully, people will watch it and remember it from Wandavision, like I will. Catherine Hahn is a treasure, and everybody should watch anything she does. 
but her character in WandaVision was great as well. So totally worth the time. The other thing I wanted to that I wanted to get folks' thoughts on and just sort of to go into this retooling thing is who they're bringing in to work on stuff because Eric Pearson has been brought in to kind of polish up the script for the Fantastic Four film. He did the same thing for Thor Ragnarok and the Black Widow film. Um, Joanna Callow, the showrunner of The Bear, has been brought in to work on the script for the Thunderbolts film. Um, which is supposed to begin shooting in March. And so they're, they're also looking at the who that, that they're bringing in um, to punch these up and, and not giving as much, uh, how do I say this? The focus on showrunners. And we talked about this a lot. We got heated with Ray Cash over it because Ray was like, this is a bad thing. This is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I completely disagree. I think part of the problem is, is that when you don't have showrunners and you don't have people to punch up scripts or to do reworking, you, you get... You get first rough. You get rough first drafts of things that aren't really ready for completion, that aren't quite as good as they could be. And I think Marvel is trying to address that. Uh, DP, I'm going to hand it over to you this time to go first because you went last on the last segment. Yeah, that's, just sort of uh, your reaction to that. A lot of a lot of good names there. I love those other series that those guys have done. Bears, fantastic, different, and that's a different take too. You know, somebody outside of the MCU and outside of that. I can bring a different element to things. So uh, it's really cool to see them bringing in other people outside and, you know, trying to take a different approach to some of these things. And, we'll, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how it uh, portrays to the screen when we get to see these shows. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that because it's definitely part of that retooling and trying to get a different focus, a different element into some of these movies as opposed to the same thing we've started to see over and over again. So definitely good stuff. Tony, you're a big fan of the bear. What do you think? Uh, what do you think this edition does for a film like The Thunderbolts? It's an award-winning series now, too. Very much so. I mean, anytime you can put quality people on patrol to make sure it, it's kind of like um, at a at a production plant having a, a quality manager, right? Their job is to go around and make their everything's up to snuff, and there's nothing wrong with being. You, you can never be too vigilant when it comes to quality, right? No, not at all. All right, Dave, round it out. Yeah, you can never have too much snuff. I'm just going to put that out there for you guys. But <laughs> no, I, I agree a lot with what DP said. I think bringing in these uh, folks from the outside who have their finger on the pulse of what's going on out there is smart on the part of Marvel. Because part of, you know, one of the criticisms is maybe they were too isolated on their own island, you know, sort of thing, and not really getting a real sense of what was happening outside of that whole MCU uh, universe sort of thing. And, and, Maybe I, I wouldn't say tone deaf, but maybe not hearing a lot of things as well as they should have and bringing in these people who are really strong names dealing with critically acclaimed series like like Tony's talking about the, with the bear and all that. Um, that's smart on this point. I mean, and the fact that Feige is actually willing to listen to others and their input um, shows a maturity level that, you know, <laughs> is missing in other parts of uh, the entertainment industry. That's for sure. So. Um, I think that's a good idea, and and it's going to help them uh, retool and get this thing back on track. And I, like we all said, it's not that it's way off track, but there's been some misses for sure in the past. Um, since Endgame, there's been some definite misses. This will help. So quickly around the panel, what do you want for the future of Marvel? What is your what is your hope? What do you want to see out of this retooling, David Ongar? I, I want to see them 
they need that big bad and and a focus as to where we're going. Like everything shifted in the original saga, we'll call it the Infinity Saga, once Thanos got revealed and we realized this is where we're going. And we need that at this point in time. I think, you know, that we fed had a whole phase that was hit and miss. We're now getting into phase five of a of a you know, the second trilogy of phases, we'll call it. I really think we got to get the big bad out there to give the MCU a focal point as to where, okay, this is where we're going. And then they can develop and add in the pieces around that, similar to what they did with the Infinity Saga. Whether it's Doom, whether it's Galactus, I don't care at this point. Just give me somebody that all these guys are going after. And I think that'll help the MCU a lot. Oh, geez. Dave is back in his Wakanda Forever trailer. Give it to me now. Give it to me now. That's like my brother, Dave Batista. Sonny, what I, do you want? I, what do you hope for the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward? I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want them to go back and lean on Robert Downey Jr. and and other phenomenally casted characters from the past. They need to continue to produce new stars, and there is plenty of ammunition in Marvel Comics for them to do so. Get your heads out of your asses. Step your game up period coach Tunney on the scene offering up a demand of tough love mr dp bench your starters right, your oh i mean they both they DP. both hit it pretty good pretty right on the head i think because i was gonna say they're at they're at a point where you you really got to start in a sense kind of building some new characters a little bit like because we're past the point of you know origin stories and stuff like that for all the guys that are out there we know where they're from and they're starting to get a little tired we don't have that big villain uh, released yet that we know like, okay, this is what we're building towards. They're all they're going to get together and, and go after this one guy um, and they need to get there. I've, I've enjoyed a lot of these short story series. Um, Kingpin's been involved in a lot of different ones too and building around that area a little bit, but like there hasn't been anything putting it together um, to get into the big movies, the big whole thing, you know, whatever they end up deciding to go with. I, I need to get there as well. Like, and I think that's part of where they're at right now is just that that's where it's starting to die off because we're not, we're not into anything like these couple of ones are great, but now I need what's, what's next. What's the big thing. Let's, let's get it and start getting moving and getting excited for it. Patrick, you and I talked about Kingpin and what possibly could be held in the future for him. I feel like he could be your street level connection on the bad guy side, but like to your guys's point, we got on doom, we got Galactus, we need something. Right. And like to DP's point, I just want to add on, Pat, I didn't mean to cut you off, but we're done with enough origin stories. We've got, we've done enough world building. We did a whole phase of re-world building. Now let's get to going somewhere, you know? And along that note, while I don't think you need to talk about where are we going, we also need to know where we're going on the heroes and from things. And I think that you're going to get one more origin story, whether you like it or not, in some way, shape or form sure. with the Fantastic Four yes. film. Like, I think you're going to get that. And it's not just that we need to know where we're going from the villain end of things because we need to know who the big bad is. We need to know who the fucking Avengers are at this point or who who are the heroes we, we really need to pay attention to because there's a void right now. And as much as we don't want to admit it, there's a, there's a serious... There are two black holes in the, on the hero side of things that were created... When Iron Man and Captain America were done after Endgame. And I agree with Tony. I don't want them to be brought back, but I sure want 
I sure want Reed Richards to feel important. And I sure like I I honestly I want like we introduced a bunch of characters and, and new folks. Like we haven't heard from Shang-Chi in four years, right? Like great movie too, really good movie, a lot of fun. You know, shows up with the Avengers and is like, hey, like, is Doctor Strange the guy? Is Doctor Strange the Tony Stark? And who is the who is the Captain America to the Tony Stark? Like, who are those characters going to be? Is it Reed Richards? Because Reed Richards is not a Tony Stark genius. Like, and I think that's what's really important. Right? Reed Richards is kind of boring in his brilliance. Like, he is rattled, riddled with guilt over what happened to Ben Crane. Like, that's his that's his angst. So, sorry, Tony, I, I cut you off on my little hero rant. But, like, oh, you're good. that's the other thing that, I, that, that I'm really interested in is, like, there's, there's plenty of heroes to go around. But who, who, where's the focus and who's the focus? Do we no longer believe in Anthony Mackie and, you know, the, the, oh, I the, absolutely the do, Captain Falcon America, you know? I do, but do, we'll do larger audiences. Has there been enough that's been done for a larger audience to buy the Anthony Mackie Ca- Captain America? And this has nothing to do with racism. This has nothing, it has everything to do with, and this is true in the world of comic books. But it's a little more palatable in the world of comic books because you can just bring people back willy-nilly, no problem. Like, there have been other Captain Americas besides Steve Rogers. But, like, if you ask anybody on the street, most people, who's Captain America? Oh, it's Steve Rogers. Like, that's who it is. Like, who's 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 Spider-Man? Peter Parker. Peter Parker. And, and, and that's not because Miles Morales doesn't have a bajillion fans out there. But usually the first name is going to be rattled off? Probably Peter Parker. That's a That's a vacancy in a hole. That's hard to fill. And our audience is convinced enough in Anthony Mackie. Did he throw that shield against enough gym mats to convince you that he is Captain America? I mean, I feel like you've got like you're saying, who are the who are the new heroes going to be? I think Reed Richards for sure. You know, I, I agree. I, I think that's for sure. But so it should be. It should be. Yeah. And, and the other guy, Xavier, they, when they get him in, I think those two guys together can really anchor where we're going forward with the, and you bring in the X-Men. I, I do like strange being a part of this. I love Peter Parker. You get to see some of like the Illuminati starting to form with some notable absences, of course, but maybe that's kind of where they're going with this sort of thing. I mean, yeah, we're missing Tony. Maybe. We're missing T'Challa. I get it. We're missing Namor. Who knows what happens there, but um, Xavier, Xavier is going to be a big getting that casting, right? I think they got Pedro Pascal. I think he's going to be fine. But who do they get as Charles Xavier? Don't don't count out the Marvels in some way being you know part of this as well. well like sure. Miss Miss Marvel, absolutely. Well, and, and you know Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers is an extremely important part of the Marvel comic book. Supergirl's sister, like right? She's Supergirl. What sister. about yeah. what about um, War Machine? Now that we actually have the actual non you know non scroll <laughs> Cheetle War Machine back. I mean. That could be your new Captain America. That's kind of Captain America slammed it, together with Tony Stark as your, you know. It could be. I, I, there's a lot. There's just a lot unanswered. And, you know, direction is really important. And I think that's what we all agree on is direction is really important at this phase now. We are all ready to see what's going to happen next. All right. Let's head into our final segment of the show. One I've grown to enjoy and love. That is this week's round of what you're watching today. Dave, I'm going to kick it off with you. What you watching? I actually have stuff to talk about this week. Dan. What? Yeah, I watched a couple of things. I told Tony I watched the um, Adam Eve uh, prequel for Invincible. Excellent. 
I would highly recommend watching that. There is some tie-ins, of course, to Invincible. They even ask at the end, where was Mark Grayson during all this? And you get to see a little snippet there. Uh, it's really, figuring out her origin story is really cool. I highly recommend that. And the wife and I, we got through the first three episodes of uh, season two of Halo, which is excellent. And I I cannot stress this enough. If you gave up on the series after the first season, stop and go back to it because it's, and I, I hate this cliche, it's darker, it's grittier. It is darker. There's a emo- bigger emotional connection to the characters. It seems more focused, and that's a big thing. Now we've gotten behind the whole around, and D- DP knows because he's probably played Halo as well, the whole uproar, he took his helmet off. Who gives a fuck if John 117 took his helmet off anymore? What's the story going on? And, and they've done a really good job at telling where they're going and how this series kind of took a shift it's it's tighter. It's just better written. It's better organized. Um, so I'm really enjoying season two of Halo so far. Excellent, excellent. TP, what have you been checking out as of late? Well, you mentioned Invincible. I started, so making that you run better... so that I'm ready for you guys. Yeah, yes. you better get caught up by next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be binging. Uh, so yeah, watched the first couple episodes. So fantastic so far. Uh, so get through that. Uh, but the big one we just uh, binge watch was The Sandman hmm. from Netflix, nice, which nice. was phenomenal. Love so if you're nice. a Neil Gaiman fan, uh, you like Good Omens, you're going to love this one. Uh, it was very dark and gritty, very fun to watch. I, I loved it. I'm looking forward to season two. Uh, it was great. Have we heard anything about hey. season two, Pat, about Sandman? Not recently. Shit. Not recently. No, it's Neil coming, Gaiman. but. Yeah, Neil Gaiman's usually pretty open about when things are happening. By the way, uh, DP, you do have more time. Next Sunday, uh, you don't have to worry about being caught up on Invincible because March 14th is not next weekend. So PC Tunney trying to put some unnecessary pressure had, on you. Pressure. I thought we had th- no, I thought we had three weeks in, in between with no show. I guess it's more than that. Okay. No, Sorry. Next 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 week is Oscars prep. Oh. Um, so you all should check out what's being nominated for the Oscars for that show that I won't be at because I'll be at my kid's birthday party. So, oh yeah, by the way, I'm not on the show next week. Surprise! Inmates running the asylum again. Woohoo! Oh dear. I, I leave it to no one to keep you guys under control. Um, Tony, you said you've been watching a lot of DC animation. What have you been up to? What you watching? Before I get to that, um, a, a, a premiere this week that I'm super excited about and two shows that I've been watching that have finales. This one is the sixth episode, uh, which is the last episode of the first season, which I believe there will be more seasons of this is dinner time live with David Chang, 7 PM Eastern on Netflix. Every Tuesday last week, he had Ike Barinholtz and Seth Rogen on. It was phenomenally hilarious and awesome hour. Um, his, his, uh, finale will be up this week. Uh, something premiering, this week on Friday on Netflix will be somebody feed Phil staying in the cooking lane. We also have the finale of the floor this week, two hour finale of the floor game show hosted by Rob Lowe. Excellent DC animation. The movie that leads us to crisis on infinite earths, justice league war world. Excellent. Excellent movie. Mongol, uh, imprisons, uh, Marsh, John Johns, Martian Manhunter uh, in a, in a Zeta beam, um, teleporter. And he's also being helped by Lobo and Lobo. It, they're on West uh, war world, which is also a world that has the ability to destroy planets when, when used, uh, for bad. So Lobo wants to take this over for himself and he leaves a back shortcut in the system for John Johns to be able to use his telepathic, uh, abilities to get 
Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman on this planet, but they don't know who they are. So they go through all these obstacles to get together. It's really fun. It's a little bit of a Western kind of setting. You get Wonder Woman as a cowgirl in shootouts. You get uh, Bruce Wayne as a detective. You get Superman as a reporter. And they don't know who they are until at the end when they rescue John Johns, who activates the destruction mode on War World so no one else can use it. Well, where are these people going to go? John Johns can easily get out because he has the ability to fly throughout all of outer space. Who shows up? Harbinger to take the three main people that they need moving towards crisis and brings them to uh, the, the monitor's lair. And she says, what you experience is nothing. What's about to happen in crisis. And that sets us up for this big three-part thing that's happening in DC animation. So check out war world. It, it's probably in my top five of what I've watched. Um, yeah, just, just great stuff by DC animation continuing to go. And I love Jensen Eccles as the Batman character here. They did a really good job, DC Animation. I mean, there's a lot of like one-offs and stuff like that, but the new 52 has a got a really good continuity. And Tony, you're talking about like the uh, Tomorrowverse has an even better continuity going on with these things. So, yeah, I mean, but you know, Lobo in out for himself? No, come on, never happens. Cool. Maybe someday I'll watch some Dis- uh, DC animated features. We'll get there. Um, I watched the two hour season maybe series i'm not sure finale of quantum leap uh it could end either way basically on the, on the way they ended their season it could be a season finale it could be a series finale we don't know and it's really ambiguous it is one of those shows that is quote on the bubble to use some march madness terminology you know what that show needs to come back thanos they need who played sam beckett what's his name again i can't scott, remember scott bacula yeah, like no one gives a shit about fucking NCIS New Orleans. Let's bring him back that he finally found his way back to the lab where these others are traveling now. And he turns into Al and gives advice because he's been there before. That's what they need. Well, we'll see what they do or don't do. I have no idea why Scott Pecula hasn't been involved. I, I'm sure it has something to do with his con- contractual like obligations to a completely different network. Uh, the other thing that I watched, I watched the first three episodes as they premiered on Disney Plus of The Bad Batch Season 3. And, fellas, I'm just telling you, it's straight up your, your prequel tie-in to the things that um, are later explained explained in the worst Star Wars movie ever made, Rise of Skywalker. I can just see where they're going. Like, I've watched it. I love The Bad Batch, by the way. It's a great series. Um, I love listening to you guys try to talk about The Bad Batch when I'm not here and how you have, like, absolutely no fucking idea what's going on in that show. And you just sort of make up what's going yeah. on. Yeah, right. Uh, there's this Chris, batch, and they're just bad. There's a batch there's of crystal ball clones. Yeah. And so, Patrick hates what? Rise Skywalker 7, right? What's that? Was 7, right? Rise of Skywalker was number 7? Or was that 8? No. Nine. It was 9. Was the last uh, one? Yeah, the last one is trash, dude. It's fucking horrible. Okay, so you hate that one the most. Dave, what's your least favorite out of the nine? Um, Probably Attack of the Clones. That's number two, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's boring. The love story shit takes forever. DP? It's sand. One? Sand, it gets everywhere. It's real number annoying. One. I love Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is number three on my charts. Oh, Tony, brutal. what's your least favorite Star Wars film? Two. I agree with Dave. Yeah, um... It's a, it's a rough watch, and it's, I feel bad for Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman because two very fine actors that had no chemistry together at all. Also shown in 
uh, Revenge of the Sith when, no, it's just that I'm so in love with you. So bad. So, so bad. Um, anyway, yeah, so I've been watching The Bad Batch. I love The Bad Batch. It's It's been a very good show. I can see what they're doing in terms of kind of helping explain what I, what I would say is just was a really stupid storyline and plot. But um, if you're interested in Project Necromancer, that's the name of what they're doing in the Bad Batch. And it's a, it's a huge, huge deal. Um, but, yes, Dave? Um, other than that, nothing but Kaiju over here. And I'm still watching, I'm re-watching Fringe on Max in my downtime. Great, great show. More people should watch it. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds, everyone. Great episode, as always. A lot of good discussion. So thank you, fellas, for all of your hard work. Before we get out of here, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the Chairshot Radio Network and on the socials. This week, we will go with Mr. Saturday Night, PC Tony first. Yeah, follow me at PC Tony. Continue to listen to everything Chairshot Radio Network. Uh, Patrick and I got a new little project uh, through the end of March Madness here. The Pick and Roll. Uh, Check it out this week as we talk about the the court storming at Wake Forest and uh, what teams are on the bubble. Yeah, um, court storming. It's a thing. Not for long. David Ogar. Well, you can find me on the platform we know as uh, uh, some of us are known or calling Twix at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Instagram and threads at attitude of regression, all one word. And for this week, you can send your hate tweets to at the favorite place for Tony and I for this weekend at TXPSALM55. That is at TXPSALM55. Whether you love us or hate us, just send your hate tweets there. You're welcome. Totally a legit dude. Totally a, le- a legit dude. He's a legit not dude. A He's just a douchebag. Not a, not a troll at all. DP, your that, turn, that, sir. That Twitter, that Twitter handle all sounds legit. Yep, for sure. Uh, you can follow me uh, celebrating in my seat, not storming any courts. And it's me, DPP, all over the social media interwebs. Uh, I'm also on the DWI podcast. You can follow that at podcast DWI and facebook.com slash DWI podcast. Very nice, very nice. And you can follow me on the X Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Also make sure to follow Bandwagon Nerds on the X Twitter at Bandwagon Nerds. You can catch me every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and for a little while on Thursdays covering dirty stuff on Mondays with these guys, hockey and music with David Ungar on Tuesdays, wrestling with Greg DeMarco on the Greg DeMarco Show on Wednesdays, and as Tony mentioned, on the Pick and Roll podcast on Thursdays. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Now get yourself out of the basement, get some sun, and look towards what should be a bright future for Marvel. I believe in Kevin Feige. I believe in what they're doing. And I think you should, too. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com.
You shouldn't use my name. Dodson! Dodson! We've got Dodson here! See, nobody cares. Nice hat. You're trying to look like a secret agent. Seven fifty. On delivery, fifty thousand more for each viable embryo. That's one point five million if you get all fifteen species off the island. Oh, I'll get them all. Remember, viable embryos—they're no use to us if they don't survive. Oh, how am I supposed to transport them? The bottom screws open. It's cool to compartmentalize inside. Oh, that's great. Customs can even check it if oh, they want to. Let me see. Go on. Oh. There's enough coolant inside for 36 hours. No menthol? The, em <laughs> the embryos have to be back here in San Jose by then. And that's up to your guy on the boat. Seven o'clock tomorrow night on the East Dock. Make sure he gets it right. How are you planning to beat security? Oh, I've got an 18-minute window. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. That's the senor. Don't get cheap on me, Dodson. That was Hammond's mistake. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.